safety. What alternatives should be used before physical restraint is used? Yeah. We have so many non-physical things that we can do that, you know, start with prevention, go into de-escalation. We get into the way we communicate both non-verbally and verbally. But we also have physical alternatives that we can use prior to physical restraint. So it's built around what I mentioned earlier, that gradual and graded system of alternatives, meaning we start low really low-level stuff, things that don't even involve talking to a person. It may just be my nonverbal communication with that person. Then it goes to verbal alternatives that help us communicate in a way that doesn't cause more escalation to the person. And then we may have to do things that get physical, but we don't have to necessarily need to restrain. Maybe we need to do a slight escort of that person, or maybe we're just avoiding and redirecting them as they try to harm themselves or others. You know, my own son, Tyler, who I mentioned a couple times, his behaviors of concern in regard to trying to hurt himself or others. And we seldom have had to utilize restraint in his world um, because we have had other things that we can do. Now, there's things that we've had to use restraint for that we couldn't avoid. Things like blood draws, which is more of a medical hold. Um, early on with haircuts, we had to restrain him for the front side so he wouldn't get a scissors in his eye. But then we let go. Again, it was the least restrictive necessary for his safety and the safety of the people around. And so there's so many non-physical and physical things that we can do to get them to a safe place that don't involve physical restraint. There is going to be risk associated with um, any sort of restraint. So the question is, just how safe is it? You know, we say in the man system, there is no such thing as a safe restraint. You know, and it seems a little hypocritical when we say that, knowing that, and yet we teach that. But we want to be honest that you can do everything right, and sometimes there's going to be sometimes harm done. Um, so we know that there are unknown risks sometimes associated when someone's restrained, medical issues that we are not aware of, and because of the restraint, it causes that bad heart or that valve to have an issue. However, we've gone to great lengths to ensure that our restraints are as safe as possible, that when they're used, they're being used only because the person is going to hurt themselves or somebody else. It means also that we follow a philosophy that believes everyone has the right to equal safety, meaning the person receiving the restraint and the person performing the restraint are equally evaluated with a design in mind that they're both safe equally. We don't believe that the student has more right to safety than the educator or the educator has more right to safety than the student. So they have an equal right to safety. And the foundation of all our physical skills is built around that. In fact, they haven't changed for almost five decades now. Their early foundation was still around that idea that equal value of safety and worth for people. And so every single technique has been independently evaluated, as I mentioned earlier, by, do by Dr. Chris Van E, who is a PhD level biomechanical and biomedical engineer. And what Dr. Van E does is works closely with us to ensure our techniques are sound uh, for those doing the techniques as well as those who are having those techniques performed upon them. And then our child restraints, because we have a whole set of child restraints that are done for folks that are younger and smaller, those have had extra evaluation done by a gentleman by the name of Dr. Steve Joyce. You know, as mentioned earlier, as a father of a child with challenging behaviors, I think it's important for families to know that these techniques are 
the very techniques that my own child's school is trained in and utilizes. I would not provide any family with something I would not allow on my own child when it's necessary. And when David Mant started this program way back in the mid-1970s, that was his original idea. Would I allow these things to be done to my own family members? Well, over the last few years, some of us who have now worked for the company have had our own family members that these things need to be done with. And I have to think about that, you know, when we're actually designing a lot of these things, whether it's the child restraints or whether it's adult-based stuff, oftentimes our own children or the children of the employees, small and grown, have been the ones that we utilize on while we're developing them. We are going to put our kind of money where our mouth is kind of idea that we don't want to, you know, put anybody's family member at risk if we wouldn't put our own through that own that own you know that same rigor and so before we ever send it off to dr van e we've tried this on each other we've tried it on our family members and we feel like if we could do it on our own people we could allow it to be done on others i guess if i could uh summarize uh to sort of an, an equation about why we teach physical restraints, these techniques. Um, we teach them to only be used when the risk of the behavior is greater than the risk of the restraint. We acknowledge risk in both cases, but when one exceeds the other, that's when we use these tools. Absolutely correct. I guess I want to close out by kind of coming back to where we started with the overall goal of the Mant system and give you a chance to comment on that. These behaviors we've been talking about that are in need of de-escalation, uh, potentially to head off bigger problems, they're very specific. You know, they, they may seem like very small moments, but if they're managed incorrectly, they have the potential to profoundly impact that broader culture that we've been talking about in the organization. So I'm just wondering if you can comment upon the ways that you've seen proper management of these behaviors impact the culture of an organization at large? My background was not education. It was working with folks who had acquired and traumatic brain injury. And I got the opportunity to go in and help an organization really struggling with high levels of restraint. They were doing almost 240 restrictive practices a month when we came in and did uh, this takeover of that organization. And, and they still use MANT today. So this is, you know, mid-90s. And today we're looking at 20-some years later that they still use the program. When I was there, they had 27 consumers that were being served. Today they've got 36 uh, residential consumers. They have folks that come in for day programming. And they have a respite care program of over 100 children. Today they average about three a month. And that philosophical change can much of that can be attributed to the MANT system and the change that we made. Now, there were other programs we had to put in place. There were policies and procedures that needed to go with it. But all of them were looked at through the lens of the same philosophy of how do we treat people with dignity and respect and how would we want our own people to be treated. That needle doesn't move immediately, but it starts to move. And as it picks up steam and people buy in and they understand this is just a better way to work with people, it makes that change. Now, I've had the opportunity for 21 years now to be a part of it from that next level up in, in the MANT system. And I have story after story of people who've been able to say, 
Mance made the huge difference in the quality of life of the people who live here. We're less restrictive. There's less restraints. People want to come and work here more because they're not going to get hurt or beat up by the people in care. Um, they're building healthy relationships. They're you know, proactively engaging with one another. And when people have a quality of life and that quality of life grows, there's less need to do restraint. And so it is a program that if it didn't work, we, we wouldn't be around 50 years later, almost 50 years later. But because of the growth, most of our growth has happened by word of mouth because people have found that when you have this philosophy, and David didn't come up with the idea of treating people right. It's been around for thousands and thousands of years, but he just packaged in a way that's simpler and easier for people to understand and to be trained in. And when we do that, it literally saves people's lives. When you are not forcing people onto the ground, when you're not pinning people up against a surface out of your own anger and your own frustration, because we've learned how to manage that, it makes all the difference in the world in our therapeutic relationships. Uh, Tim, have you got any final thoughts? I do believe in the program. If I didn't, I wouldn't have been around it for 35 years. And so I would say, Ralph, we're, we're a very transparent organization. And if anybody listening to this podcast wants to learn more, they can really reach out to us at the Mance system uh, and, and get those answers. If they want to see something, we've been able to get on Zoom calls and show what Mance is and, and talk about what Mance isn't. And so uh, the relationship with us doesn't end on, you know, between us and the vendor. It, it goes beyond into all the stakeholders. And that includes all the families listening. If they have more questions, they can go to our info at mantsystem.com and, and uh, ask those questions. We want to make sure that people are confident and comfortable in the way that um, educators are being trained to, to work with their, their kids. Tim, I can't thank you enough, not only for your professionalism, but also your personal perspective that you shared today. Thank you, Ralph. I would just close out by encouraging people to, as Tim said, reach out directly to the MAN system if you have any other questions. We're very excited to be able to serve and look forward to working with all of you in the future. This has been Stance and Balance. I'm Ralph Metzner. <laughs>